Welcome to the Limitless Church Podcast. Today, you'll be hearing from Bishop Scotty Scott as he delivers the message, Come Into the House, as part of the Going In series. We hope you enjoy. Give the Lord a praise in this house Turn to somebody and say, no holding back, no holding back. Yeah, yeah. Turn to the other person near you and say, I'm going all in. I'm going all in. You know, you know, <clears throat> we always look at scripture and we always look at scripture and we 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 think about an altar, right? And and a lot of times we when we think altar, we think about like in, in my in my father's church when he first got there in, in Baltimore. We, it was a traditional church, and so it had a huge altar rail. Anybody remember altar rails? Like that kneeling bench, you know, it had a pad on it. Smelled like 15 people's knees. <laughs> and, 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 and the thing is, that altar rail, I can remember the day, I can remember the day that he, the week he took it out. That 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 my father and my father he took out the altar rail because he felt like it was like it was so like he took out the he took out the the um the pulpit too the pulpit in that church was one of them wraparounds. It was like when I preached for him you couldn't hardly see me. That's why I walk around when I preach now because I had to then just to be able to see hey I'm over here. That pulpit was like that tall. Like wood, like not not like no, no wood. Like trust me, when we carried that joke around, it was like we needed an army. But, it, but then then they took he took the altar out and and took the pulpit out because it felt like a barrier. And the moment the moment he took the altar rail out in that church, the moment he took the altar rail out in the church, they came in the next week and it was gone. There were some older people in the church. That all of a sudden they 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 lost it, lost it, lost it, and they they, they came they came they came to my to my, to my dad and my, my mom. They're like, what? y'all, you know that show, you know the holy shake. <laughs> you, you took the altar out of the church. What you going to take next? The problem was, is that the people that were complaining about us taking the altar out never had come down to it anyway. Oh, it's going to get real in here now. See, ain't it amazing the people that always critique everything in church usually do the least in the church? It's and 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 he said, if it would have met, my dad turned him and said, if you would if you would have guaranteed me that you'd come down to it, I would have left it there. He said, he said, you never came. He said, you think that wooden thing is the altar? That ain't an altar. Your altar ain't at the foot of that thing. Your altar's at the foot of him. The altar is in your heart. Uh, 
is anybody with me right now? This whole church is the altar. Because this is the place where heaven comes down. And heaven meets earth. Is anybody with me right now? But an altar has to be built. We always look at Bible and, and, and we talk about the altar and the fire came down like Elijah. The fire came down upon the altar. But watch this. The altar doesn't, you don't show up to an altar. You have to build an altar. Look at your neighbor and say, if you build it, he will come. Oh, if you build the altar, he'll show up at it. If you build the altar, if you take the stones of your heart, oh, hallelujah, and say, God, I'm sacrificing the hard places in my life. I'm sacrificing. God, I'm building. I'm going to do the sacrifice. I'm not just going to be the sacrifice. I'm going to build the altar to lay myself on for you. And God, make my worship an altar. If you build it, he will come. And I pray, I pray that, you, that you understand that this altar is mobile. <laughs> you don't have to be in here on Sunday to have an altar. That God said, I want you to have an altar in your car. I want you to have... <laughs> and, and, and anybody remember the movie War Room? And, and, I, and, and I love the movie War Room because I think it's something special about you having a place in your house for you to get along with God. But, but, but I heard God say to somebody, I want to turn your life into the war room. That at any moment you can be in mid-conversation and they think they're talking to you, but you're already in the war room. Oh, don't look at me, man. I know you already have the ability to check out. You know, men, men have the ability to just check out, you know. They're talking to you, but they're somewhere. Yeah, amen. Instead of going to your cave, man, go to the war room. I feel worship releasing in this house. A spirit of worship is coming. A spirit. That's what the see, see, see. Worshippers are hard to control. That's why you don't control worship. You lead worship. Because worship ain't to be managed. Worship is to be led. Oh! Uh, yeah, that's not, Because people aren't to be managed. You can't manage people. That's why, I, I, that's, why I, that's why when I go to certain businesses and they say, who's the manager, I start laughing. If you've ever had a staff at all, you realize you ain't the manager. You realize real quickly, resources are to be managed. People are unmanageable. Oh, if you don't think so, you don't have kids. People are unmanageable. Why? It's because people aren't supposed to be managed. They weren't built to be managed. They were built to be led. Mm, 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 mm. God ain't trying to manage you. He just wants you to let him lead you. 
serious. He's saying, I, I'm not going to force this out of you. God's saying, I'm just giving you the opportunity to follow, to pursue, to come after me. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know why, but I felt, ooh, hey, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I just feel worship being released in people's lives this morning. I feel freedom coming to somebody right now. He's removing the form and the fashion from off of you. He's removing the form of godliness that's tried to deny the power thereof. He wants real worship every moment, every day of your life. Ooh. Give the Lord one more praise if you hear him. Luke 15. Luke 15. Hey, I'm not going to get through this today. Luke, Luke 15. And he said, yeah, before I do, so just so that we make sure, if y'all don't know how to give, throw the giving thing up there. We, we got announcements coming. We got, we got we, tomorrow night. You won't want to miss tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, I feel like this morning is just a little taste of what tomorrow's going to be. Tomorrow, I'm not even worried about. I'm not even worried about instruments. I'm not worried about stuff. I'm not worried about the band tomorrow. I want us to come in just with corporate worship. I want us to just come in just all by ourselves. Is that all right? We might we might we might sing a cappella tomorrow night and just strip it down to say God is just us and you. Monday night tomorrow, every twentieth of this year. On 2020, on the 20th of each month, we're going to have a limitless experience. And so if you, don't, if you know somebody that's part of another church or hasn't been, has, is maybe not in any church, but hadn't been to church, and, and, and maybe they're part of another church and they're faithful to that church, we want them to stay faithful to that church. But they've been wanting, maybe wanting to experience limitless. Well, here's an opportunity. It's not on a Sunday morning. They can come experience it and join together because this ain't about one church. Amen. We want them to draw something and, and take it back. But we're believing for signs, wonders, and miracles tomorrow night. I'm believing people are going to get breakthroughs. I'm believing God's going to just touch people in unique and special ways as we just take an extra night on a Monday and say, God, we're coming to experience you. And so be with us tomorrow night. Um, if, you, if you're going to give, listen, it's awesome what God's doing around here. It's amazing. Anybody see our flower beds outside? Ain't that amazing? And, and thank God for Mike Strader, amen, and his wonderful team. If you, if you walked out in the foyer and you looked up today, you saw fresh paint everywhere, amen. And we're painting it, we're beautifying. This place is beautiful already, but we're going to make sure the house of God is right, amen. And, and so there's a lot of work that we're doing around here. Like he said, Tuesday, we're going to be... We're going to be taking this floor down and just relaying and re and recleaning and rebuffing and getting everything prepared. It's important to take care of God's house. Amen. And so everything you do and everything you give is not only for what God's doing with this house, but from this house. There are lives that are being changed and altered. You don't even know it, but this month we were able to help families out, pay bills. We were able to help them in, in ways. Now, don't everybody bring me your bill. Amen. <laughs> But there are people that go through and they have emergency stuff, and we can't do everything. We're we're a year old, amen. We're not. We're, we can't do what we're gonna do next year, amen. 
but we, but, but we want to make a difference in people's lives. Yesterday, we, went, went, and we drove out. We were at Walmart, a parking lot. We were out there and out in the parking lot meeting people uh, that were homeless and living in their car and, and just giving them some food and giving them supplies. We do that on a monthly basis. I'm so thankful for you guys, so thankful for, for what you guys do. And, 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 and it was awesome and beautiful just to see people receive and say, say just see love come from somebody encouragement come from somebody to, to let them know that you may be you may be out here in the cold in your car but you ain't alone there's somebody who's praying for you and standing with you ain't that awesome and so i, I want to challenge you i want to challenge you to give i want to challenge you in this year to give bigger than you've ever given because there's some big things god wants to do in this house amen and 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 if if you didn't last last week i kind of explained tithes offerings and fruit first fruit i'm not going to do that today amen and get the tape Get, get on discord amen and get the recording of it if they can and and but but I, I want you just to know god wants you to god wants you to hold nothing back from him in this year i challenge you to give this year greater than you've ever given i promise you it will be used for the kingdom of god if you've ever if you've ever believed in a place you can believe in this place not because i'm the bishop i just know i, I don't even i don't even handle the money don't get near the money don't want to thank you jesus Amen. Hallelujah. That's somebody else's category. I, I don't want that burden. <laughs> Amen. And 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 because I don't want the burden of I don't want the burden of preaching and then have that in the back of my head. Amen. Is anybody with me? Thank God. I'm so thankful for this team that lifts stuff off. That 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 serves in their role. Amen. I'm so thankful for for Brother Jeff. Amen. And for all he does as our financial officer. So thankful for for the team, the the painters that came in and all that. Brother, Brother Tim was able to like connect us with the painters, and they were, they just were a blessing to us. Amen. It's just so many people doing so many things, and I, I just pray that you find every way possible to just sow in this year into what God's doing, because I promise you, it will come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running. Do I have a witness in here right now? And so, so I want you to find your way to give and. And I know uh, I want to make the announcement too. Like before this month is over, you should be getting your giving statements. Amen. They're they're already out. See, see, our team is bad. They just awesome. Amen. That that you should already have an email that has your giving for last year. Amen. If there's anything that needs to be talked about or discussed about it, you can see you can see Brother Jeff at the end. If there's some alterations that need to be made, whatever, we'll, we'll talk about it. But I'm just thankful and grateful. So if you wanna if you wanna you want to give, then 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 obey obey the Lord and what He asks you to do. Amen. Also, Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. We are going to have a super party. Amen. On the second of February, we're going to have we're going to come in we're going to come in and we're going to have even if you don't like football, come because it's going to be it's going to be party and game night. So so we're going we're going to get. Bring the family, bring everybody. We're gonna we're gonna have some cornhole out here. We're gonna we're gonna have some ping pong tables up. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna you know somebody said giant Jenga. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But but something going on. We're gonna have some fun, amen. And 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 we're gonna just turn this place into party central for Jesus that night, and just have some fellowship. It's one thing for us to connect spiritually, but we need to be able to connect to each other to know each other, amen. 
The Bible said, know those that labor among you. And I know we're supposed to know no man after the flesh, but we need to at least, at least get to know them. Amen? And, and, so, and so it's important for us to be family and connect. In fact, that night, I want to make that an evangelistic night. We're not going to be, you know, you won't have to worry about somebody rolling in the floor that night and, 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 and shaking and stuff. You can actually bring your friends. Amen? We'll be all right around the company. We'll be all right. No guarantees, though, you know. There is a halftime. There is a halftime. Yeah. And, and so, but bring somebody, connect somebody. Somebody you've been wanting to get connected and, and join and, and want to just get to know people, you know. Sometimes people need to get to know you before they can receive from you. Amen? And, and, and so just come on and, and, and let's, let's just have a good time. Amen? There's a, there's a sign up for foods for that night. We have specific foods that we, we want to because we don't want just people bringing just anything because we can get in trouble because people have allergies and stuff like that. Children have allergies and all that. We need to be conscious. You know, we don't want somebody, you know, eating something that is going to cause a reaction. So we try to make, make the list. And, and if there's something on that list that, you know, you have a problem with, then let us know because we want to make sure that, that, that everybody's taken care of. Amen. But sign up if you if you you got special chili, whatever you do, you know, if it's on there, I don't know, if it's on, then 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 sign up for it. Amen. How many came ready to hear from God today? Amen. If you if you did say yeah, I know He's already speaking. I just want to add to what He's saying. Luke fifteen, Luke fifteen, verse eleven, and he said and he said a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them, somebody say them, his living. And not many days after the young son gathered all together, he took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, somebody say all, there arose a mighty famine in the land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, hey, tell somebody say, I'm about to come back to me. Look at never say, I feel myself coming back. And when he came to himself, he said, How many higher servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and, no, and, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. And he had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe. Somebody say robe. And put it on him. And put a ring. Somebody say a ring. On his hand. And shoes, somebody say shoes, on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. 
and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. We don't need to go any further. I'm going to go further, but we don't have to. I want you to turn to somebody next to you and say, come on in this house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Touch two or three people around you and say, come on in the house. 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 Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your presence, your anointing that's already moving, your glory that I set to this room. God, have your way today. You're free to do whatever you want to do as long as you want to do it. It's yours. And God, we, we just thank you for what you're going to do, and we give you the praise and glory. There's only one name we lift, and that's the name of Jesus. Amen. As you're seated, turn to your neighbor and say, come on in the house. Don't forget that tomorrow night is at 7 p.m. Amen. Something, <clears throat> something I believe people need to understand about God is that God is a God of restoration. Somebody say he's a God of restoration. See, there's people that get this false impression about God that God is this God who just sits in judgment. And he's this God that's high and holy and waiting for you to mess up. And when you mess up, he's ready to crush you. In fact, if, if you think that of God, you have no understanding about who God is. That yes, he's the king of glory. And yes, he's perfectly holy. And there's nothing but holy about him. But we have not a high priest that has not been touched by the feeling of our infirmities, but was in like point tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So let us come boldly under the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. He said, yes, I'm holy, but I know you're not. And I'm going to bring you back into being holy. And I want you to understand that you can come back to me when you haven't been. Because I'm a God of restoration. And the problem is, is that when you start dealing with people, it's e sometimes it's easier to deal with people who have never known God than it is for people who have once known God. Sometimes it's easier to teach somebody who knows they don't know anything about him than to try to retrain somebody who thinks they already know him. Anybody, anybody that's ever done any construction knows that construction is easier than reconstruction. <laughs> see, see, there's some people that when you think about buying a, think about buying a house and, and you don't even want to think about new construction, you don't even think about building a house, because when you think about building a house, you immediately think, wow, that's a lot. There's nothing there. There's just land, and we got to build the thing from scratch. So when you think about purchasing a house, you never think new construction. You think, well, I'll just find a house that's built, and I'll just buy the house that's built, because then I don't have to build one and go through all that. But can I tell you that suddenly you get in the house, and then the house doesn't exactly fit everything you want your house to be? Because you're built, because now you're moving into something somebody else built for them. And then you get in there and you're like, well, I think we need a new kitchen. 
that, or, or you like the antiqueness of the old house, but then you find out that old houses have old wires. Anybody with me right now? Somebody dealing with old plumbing right now. And, 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 and suddenly you realize that now I got to do reconstruction because now I got to fix what wasn't right until it becomes what I want it to be. And then you realize now I'm paying for the house and rebuilding the house. It's because reconstructions, construction just means I build something that never was. Reconstruction means I got to tear something down. That's why he told Jeremiah, I've set you over nations to root out, pull down, and destroy, and build and plant. Notice, build and plant are last. Root out, pull down, destroy are first. It's because you can't build on a site that is not cleared. <sighs> See, some people don't want him to give you a new life. You want him to improve your old life. But God is not into a better version of your old. God is saying, you got to let me tear down your old. And let me rebuild something new. And for some of us, that means we got to tear down some old doctrine that they told us was God, but maybe was people. And so we've got to tear down some old idea. What happens if all your life you were taught something that when you become older, you find out wasn't true? Then you have to go, then you have to re, you have to, you have to in your own mind have to now try to think, man, how do I get out of my whole life? I thought this way. I thought this was it. I thought it was, everybody ever have, anybody ever have somebody around you or ever seen somebody on TV maybe that, that, that they thought that the father that they had was their real father and then they get 22 years old and their mom says, come here, let's have coffee. I want to explain something. That, whew, he's still your father, but he's really not your daddy. And all of a sudden it's like, <sighs> but there's people that in your life, you've experienced some things. Where you walk through some things and things you thought, people told you, people told you. People, um, there's people I know that are grown people that still can't walk under a ladder. They can't open an umbrella in a house because they think, oh, I'm going to get in a car wreck today. Really? Grown person. You grown now, baby. But you'd be surprised how many people in their approach towards God have these mindsets. And nobody that even knew anything about God told you that. Your mom and daddy taught you about God and, and they dropped you off at church to Sunday school. And now, and now you have this idea. But what happens when you see him for yourself and you realize everything they said about him 
ain't really who he is. Oh! And so, and so you need to understand that no matter where the false ideologies and false doctrines and false teaching and misconceptions and misthoughts about him and about who you are to him and who he is to you, no matter how far that took you, it may have taken you to a place where you ran so far away from God in your sin because you knew he can't receive me like this. He can't take me like this. He won't have me like this. And you just went further and further away from the very one you should have been running to all the time. Is anybody with me? And But no matter how broken you got and no matter how hurt you got, I came to declare today that there's nothing so broken that God can't put it back together again. There's nothing so wounded that God can't heal you. You're not so far away that he's not there where you are when you ran your farthest away. He's still with you. He's still for you. And he still knows the way back from here. Oh, Somebody say restoration. But I want to deal with the fact about a story, and the, one of the things I want to restore today is this story. There's things in the Bible that we've been taught, and we've been taught misconceptions about. Like, for instance, this story that we have, if anybody knows any story about the Bible, you, you get taught real quickly the prodigal, right? Anybody ever? If you, if you heard the prodigal story, lift your hand. Somebody ever? See? Man. All right. And, and, and so, you, the, but the thought was this, is that whenever you first read this, and if you have somebody that doesn't really know truth in regard to the depth of Scripture, teaches you, they can teach you one level of it, but not teach you the depth of it. Because from the outside, this story looks like that this is a story about greed. It looks like it's a story because about greed because the story starts with the certain man that has two sons and the younger son comes to the father and he says, give me. And he's saying, give me the portion of the goods that falls to me. I want my stuff. And so it looks like the prodigal son gets the portion of goods that falls unto him and, and then he runs out of the house with all the goods of the house to do his thing. No, no, no. Can I tell you, this is not a story about greed. If it was a story about greed, then when the goods, when the portion of goods was given unto him, it would have changed his standard of living. But can I tell you, when the portion of goods came to him, his standard of living didn't increase, it decreased. This is not about, this is not a rags the riches story. This is not about the son who had nothing but got and took everything and ran. No. He had more before he left than he did after. Because he already had all the goods of the house. Because he's the prince of the house. Is anybody with me? That's why, that's why, this is not, so this is not a story about greed. This is a story about control. See, for some people, it's not that you don't want the blessing of God. You just want to be able to control it. Can I tell you, there's never, ever been a money problem in church. There's never been a greed problem about money in church. Never. So people are going to be like, no, I've been to some places where there's a money problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, 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 there's no money problem. There's a control problem. Because there's no, nobody minds people giving. They just want to be able to control where it goes once it's... Is anybody with me right now? And, and, and this wasn't a story about greed. This is a story about control. I want to do my thing. I want, I don't, it's not enough for me to live the blessing. I want to control the blessing. It's not enough for me to have everything God has provided for me, for the Father to provide for me. I want to control the portions that come to me, and I want to do what I want to with it. See, it's not just about money. I'm, that's why I'm so glad he said substance. Because if, you, if he didn't say substance, you think it's material money. But there's some people, God's giving you so much stuff beyond money, but the reason why God can't bless you is because he, he gave it to you to use the way he wants you to use it, but you wanted to take it and do what you want to with it. Some of us have giftings and callings. Some of us, some of us, some of us have, the ability, have abilities in here that God gave you. Just gifts. I mean gifts. I mean this room is loaded with gifts and talents. Cannot, but the problem is, is that now we think that God gave us that talent so we can go make some money. So that we can just go get famous. So that we can just, you know, be the best in our industry. No. God gave it to you for it to be used for him and with him. And the thing is, is this, is that he says, I want the goods that falleth unto me. And, and the Bible says, and the father gave him the portion of goods divided unto them. Watch this. The younger son's the only son that asked for the stuff. And I, and I know we beat him down because we always, we always crush the younger son. We always, like, we just kill him. Because look at this guy. He's just taking the stuff and running and going. No, but I like the younger son. I like him. I like him. You want to know the first reason I like him, Josh? I like him because he ain't afraid to make a move. I like him because if he wants it, he's going for it. I like him because he's sitting there and he's not just sitting back wanting it. He's just rising up and saying, I want my stuff. And I like people who like to make moves. I like people who don't just sit back and hold grudges. Sit back in silent frustration. Sit back and you're angry, but nobody knows it. You're bit. Look at never say, everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. See, because, because, <laughs> because verbalization is not the only form of communication. <sighs> Your absence speaks volumes. Your silence speaks volumes. Your, 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 your don't have to say a word. That look said everything. Every husband in here wants to say, hey, man. And so, and he said, and 
And I like him because he said, I want it. And he went for it. Watch this. And the Bible says, and he gave him the portion of goods divided unto them. The young son asked for it, but both of them got it. And he divided unto them the portion of goods that falleth unto, unto them. And the Bible says, and you know the story, he took the portion of goods. Ain't it amazing? We have this idea, like he robbed the house. Like the, the house was left empty because he took all this stuff. No, the Bible says he took a portion of goods. See, whenever you leave out of God's covenant, it doesn't leave God broke. Because there's more stuff in the house than just your portion. See, some people think if I take my portion, y'all stuff's going to break down. Honey, honey, we were doing this before you got here. We're going to be doing this after you leave here. It's all right. Here's your portion. <laughs> the house, no, <laughs> away with all these churches that are run by, controlled by people. The devil is a liar. Turn to your neighbor next to you and say, this church ain't here for you. Oh, that just made somebody just, ah, I want a church that's here for me. No, 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 we're going to be care for you. We're going to love you. We're going to shepherd you. We're going to love you. We're going to love you like you've never been loved before. But we're not loving you for you. We're loving you because we love him. We're loving you because we, because, because we came to serve him. And it's, it's not, that, means, that means if you didn't show up today, we could still have service. But if he doesn't show up, I ain't coming. Because I came for him. You will not hold God ransom. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He made you. He created you. He can make one just like you, but a 2.0 version of you. <laughs> Got chili in here right there, right? And, 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 and so he, he took the portion of goods. He took the portion of goods. He, he took the portion of goods. And the thing about it, and the, and the Bible says, and he, and he spent all with riotous living. Because ain't it a, it's amazing how people think they can leave out of the house and still have the blessing of it and still sustain the blessing when they're disconnected from the source. It's amazing to me. That's why sometimes the most dangerous things that can happen to somebody is not them go through trouble and trial. The most dangerous thing that can happen to them is them get blessed. Because, because I've seen more people fall away from God in blessing than struggle. Because when you didn't have anything, he's all you had. But now when he gives you all he's got, now you, you have to make up your mind, do I want the stuff or do I want him? Oh... No, do I want the goods of the father or do I want daddy? And suddenly now he takes a portion of goods and he does what it always, ha always happens when you leave the house. 
Sooner or later, what you have ain't enough. Sooner or later, when you're no longer connected to a source, what the source provided runs out. And the enemy knows how to wait till you're empty. The enemy knows how for you to be so full of yourself that you just think you got this and I'm running things and I'm doing what I want and now you don't have what you have. And he'll wait till you've spent all. And then when you get spent all, suddenly you find yourself in a place where you need something. You need something. And the enemy will wait till you're empty to provide you something to fill the void. And now he's spent all he has. And here comes a connection. And he joined himself to a stranger. See, there's some things you would have never connected to. You would have never connected to that if you didn't need what it could provide. And you compromised who you were to connect to them, knowing that they're not really good for you, but they're fixing your problem at the moment. And suddenly now, you're connected to things that aren't connected to you. And now you're connected to stuff that you can't agree with. And sooner or later now, that connection will do what those connections do. They dog you out. Look at them and say, I've been dogged out before. Yeah, because, because the enemy always knows how to bring something that knows how to exploit your condition. The enemy always will find you in a weak condition and then give you something to strengthen you only to take your power from you. Oh, I'm, it's quiet in here right now. That's why there's people that are in relationships they know are not a God relationship. I'm in it now. He's going in now. See, 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 and now you're trying to sustain something that God didn't start. But that's why I said, he that began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. That means if God starts it, he finishes it. But if, but if you start it, he's not obligated to do nothing. And some of you are struggling right now because you're trying to get God to sustain what he didn't start. And now you're in trouble because this thing's sucking the life out of you, but yet you still need it for survival. Ain't it amazing that the enemy will keep you in survival just to be able to keep sucking the strength and the gift out of you? Ain't it amazing? Oh! And not only suddenly now, you're in a place. The Bible says, and he sent him out to feed swine. Uh, uh. He's going out there with a slop jar. Anybody remember a slop jar? That's country, y'all. 
slop jar. It's like the leftovers from the house. Remember, yeah, 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 just put it in the slop jar. You feed the, you feed the pigs with it. The slop jar, got, got the slop jar out there with all the leftovers, and he's slopping the pigs. And, and, and he's so empty in the moment. And in the, that moment, and so hungry, and so depleted, and so lost himself, that he's ready to, the Bible says, eat the pods that the swine were eating. You got to understand who this is. This is. This is an Israel boy. This is an Israel boy that don't touch pork. Won't get near a pig. If you put pork on his plate, he will break the plate before he eats it. Offended by pork. But now it's hanging and about to have dinner with the pig. See, I'm talking, but I'm talking to somebody. Because there's something you used to reject. But now to survive, you wish. And he's about to eat the pod that the swine did eat. Watch this. And the moment he reaches down to eat it, something breaks in him. Have you ever had that moment where after that night, you looked in the mirror and suddenly you didn't look like you were walking. And suddenly what you saw staring back is not who you know God called you. And the Bible says, and the moment he reached down for it, he came to himself. It let me know that in every one of us, there's really two of you. There's two natures that are at war and two yous. There's an identity that God gives you and who you are in your spirit. And then there's something that the enemy wants to identify in your flesh and wants you to live according to what he wants you to in your flesh. And now you've got this flesh you and this spirit you that cohabitate in you. Is anybody with me right now? And the flesh you is who you used to be, but not who you are. Because you know who you are is not who the enemy says you are and who your situation says you are. And you know you're greater than, than, than this person, but now you're in a place. He was in a place where now the, where, where the flesh him, the fake him, the not real him, not the God who created him, him, was, was operating and moving. But suddenly there was a breaking point because now when you're at the place where you are totally broken and empty. Now God suddenly shows up and brings you back to you. Oh, touch somebody next to you and say, I'm coming back to me. I've been, somebody in here knows what it is to be in a condition and in a place where you, see. I, see, you got to go to appreciate some of this. You got to go to some places in the world where in order to survive, you have to do almost anything. I've been some places in the world. Lily, you can attest to this with me. 
that there's some places in Africa that if you'll go, the reason why Africa is the richest, poorest continent in the world is not for a lack of resource. Africa has more resources than any continent in the world. They got, they got the second largest oil reserves in the Middle East. They got diamonds come from Africa. They got gold from Africa. You name the kind of oil that's expensive, it comes out of Africa. Africa is the richest, but yet the poorest. Why? It's because it's not a lack of resource, it's corruption. It's not that it's not there, it's about where it gets to. Is anybody with me right now? And, 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 and it's, because, it's because somewhere along the way, if you're not careful, I've been in places where there were people that, that when I started ministering to them and telling them that God wanted them to tithe, all of a sudden it looked like I, got, I just shot them. Because I went to Africa, I went to Africa with 30 pastors and 30 pastors in, 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 in a city in Uyo, in east part of Africa, and there were 30 pastors under my covering. The first thing I went to preach to them was tithing. Their tithe would have maybe not even paid for my plane ticket, all of them collectively. I wasn't there for the money. It was about the fact that I want to show them that they are not God's crippled child. And that their condition does not change their position. But if they'll begin to operate in their position, it'll change their condition. That over there, they thought, they thought, well, if I just can get to America, if I can just get to Europe, then, I, then that's what they call brain drain over there. It's where people get degrees over there and then find a way to get, to get to America or the West where their degree will pay them and make them wealthy for the education they got in Africa. But I wanted to show them you don't have to leave Africa for God to do this with you. God can do it anywhere with anything, no matter how much you got or don't got, when you honor God. But I've seen people that were almost like, we, we, we talk about slavery like we're the only country that ever experienced it. Can I tell you, they're slaves right now. Can I tell you, if you go to Africa, you will, you, they're, they're, they might not call it slavery, but it's sure enough indenturement. Because you'll go into a house and there'll be 30 people serving in that house and all they get is food and clothes. Is anybody with me right now? And it's just a lifestyle in a way. And now they're, they're, they'll compromise. They'll do whatever they got to do because you don't know what it feels like until your baby's screaming hungry. Is anybody with me right now? I'm not here to judge somebody, judge something. I'm here to tell you the condition of something that when now the enemy knows how to get you in a place where you feel like you have to do something you normally know would not be right to do, but you feel like you have to do it just to survive what you're going through. And there he is doing what he wouldn't have ever done. And he was about to eat what the pod, the swine did eat. But in the middle of that breaking point, he came back to himself. Somebody in this room, God's about to bring you back to you. God's about to remind you who you really are. Not what you did. Not how far you've gone. But where God wants to bring you to.
and who you really are. Watch this. He, he, he's about to eat the pod, and he came to himself. And the moment he came to himself, suddenly he looked at himself and said, what am I doing? He said, in my father's house, the servants have greater than this. I will arise and go back to my father's house and tell him I am not worthy to be a son, but I'll be a servant. He said, he said listen, listen to me. If he didn't know that there was a father's house, he would have been content in the pig pen. He would have lived, adapted, and coped with the pig pen. He would have survived in the pig pen and died in the pig pen, though he was always a prince. But it's because he knew there was a father's house that gave him the ability to understand there's a place better than here. See, if you don't know that there's a there, you'll think that here is all there is. But the moment... But the moment somebody comes, see, that's what preaching does. Preaching comes and lets you know there's a there that is better than here. And if you want to, you can get up out of here and go for there. See, if somebody didn't know there's a there, they learned to live here. But the moment somebody tells you you don't belong here, you're really made to be there, and there is better than here, it gives me the ability to say, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm getting out of here. I'm getting, I'm about to go that. Oh, God. Can I tell you, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has entered the heart of a man what God has waiting on you you can't stay here you can't live like this this can't be your portion it's time to get out of here here somebody say i'm getting out of here i'm getting out of here i'm getting out of here i'm getting out of this condition i'm getting out of this bondage i'm getting out of this life i'm getting out of this lifestyle this is not who i am there's greater than this for me i'm getting out of here And all of a sudden, he says, I'm going to the Father, and I'm hurrying. And when he starts coming back, he starts coming back. Notice something about the story. The Father never looked for him. The Father never went searching for him. Why? is because it's always out of order for a father to find a son. It's quiet now. TCC. Because see, if the father goes looking for the son to bring him back, when he gets to the son and tells him to come back, the son can come back and then still not allow the father to be the father. Because the moment the father starts doing what a father should do, which is correct, instruct, and develop, the moment he starts testing the son and starts grooming the son and correcting the son, the son can look back at him and say, I'm out again. Because I didn't ask to come back. I didn't ask for this. 
I was fine where I was. You can just put me back wherever you got me from because I didn't ask for this. And the, enemy, and, and the son can look at the father's instruction as manipulation. That's why the father has to wait for a son. Hmm. See, I love all of y'all, but if y'all leave out of here, I ain't looking for you. Oh, it's quiet now. It's quiet now. And my lack of looking is not lack of loving. I love you enough to wait on you. I love you enough that when you get over you, I'll be right here. Because you know it wasn't a lack, the lack of looking wasn't a lack of loving. You don't know why? It's because while he may not have gone searching for him, he was always looking out the back window. See, God will wait you out. See, some of you think you're in a waiting game with God. See, some of you think that, but God, if you don't give me what I want and do what I want, I ain't going to do whatever. I just had it. I, God, if, if you call me to do this, then you got to have this and this got to have that. And, and God said, all right, I'm waiting. See, you can't be God waiting. God said, I was here before you got here. I'll, I'll be here when you're not here. God will come to your funeral. Oh, yes, he will. God, God will come to your funeral right behind your mama. He will come by the casket, and while you're just there all makeuped up, he'll go, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Don't out-stubborn God. God will wait you out, honey. He'll say, but when you're ready, I'm standing right here waiting on you, loving you, ready to do what only I can do in your life. He was there all the time, waiting patiently in line. It, and watch, when the sun starts coming, the Bible says, and the father saw him afar off. If the father saw him afar off, it means he'd been looking at the horizon all the time, just waiting for the day. Just waiting for that moment. When he was done running, when he was done listening to the lie, when he was done thinking he's done and I'm done with him, and here comes the son running, and I can see the father look out the window, and I can see him just throw everything aside and I can see him the Bible says and he ran to him see it's not that God's not waiting on you it's not that God doesn't love you he's just waiting for you to want him again and God said the moment 
The moment you start just trying to get to me, the moment I see you just start turning towards me, he said, if you turn back to me with your whole heart, he said, if you just start trying to get to me, if you draw nigh unto me, I'll come running. I'll come running. I'll come running to you. It's the only time scripturally you ever see God run is when there's somebody that's been broken that's trying to get back. When there's somebody that realizes this ain't really, he ain't mad at me, he ain't angry at me, he ain't trying to crush me, he does not 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 care about me. I realize now that God loves me and I'm coming back. He said I'm just waiting and I'm now I'm running. And the Bible says that when he got to him, he fell on him. Watch this. You can play something softly on the guitar if you can. He fell on him. He fell on him. He fell on him. He didn't say he picked him up and held him. He fell on him and kissed him. Why did he fall on him? It's because he said, I still got you covered. Watch this. There's somebody here, God's about to restore who you are. But there's a process of restoration. There's a process to restoration. He didn't fall on him and then immediately say, let's have a party. The Bible says that when he fell on him, he turned and he said to the servants, go get my robe. Go get my robe. And then he said, robe first. Somebody say robe first. And then he said, go get my ring. Somebody say ring second. And then he said, go get some shoes. Somebody say shoes. And then he said, kill the calf. Watch this. Why robe before ring? Because both are symbols of authority. He wanted the robe first because I can't give you my ring until you first wear my robe. Both are authority, but one he puts on you. The other you have to come under. And I can't put you in authority because this ring, wherever it points, it commands. And I can't give you the ability to command until you give me the ability to cover. And when I put my robe on you, you're saying, I submit to the authority. I come under. there's anything this region needs to understand is the power of covenant and covering. It's because we're wanting to walk in authority and we're wanting to walk in power. But we just want the ring. Look at your neighbor, look at your neighbor next to you and say, I ain't going to be a bling bling Christian. 
Oh, I'll take the bling. I'll take the ring. But I realize I can't have the ring until I wear the robe. See, and somebody, the struggle for you to step back into your identity is to submit who you are. And the first thing he had to heal was the thing that left him out of the house. It's because it wasn't that he wanted just the stuff. He wanted to remove the covering. I want to wear my own robe. And he puts the robe on him. And he said, go get the ring. Because now when I put this ring on you, I mean, where you point, it commands. You speak to this and it goes this way. You speak to that and it goes that way. And I can trust you with the ring. Because I see you submitted to the robe. And the robe and the ring and now the shoes. And now that I've put my authority on you and put you in the authority of me, he said, now I'm going to put shoes on your feet that now everywhere you go, the authority goes before you. You want to know why the, why the feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel? It's because the moment you put the word on your feet, the word goes before you before you get there. The first thing that you, the first thing that arrives through this door when you on your way in here is not your head, not your shoulder, not your elbow, it's your foot. I dare you to walk anywhere that your foot doesn't lead. It's because before I get there, my foot gets there. Yeah. That's maybe why you ain't leading, you're leaning. It's, 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 it's that he, he said, I want you to know that the moment you put it, I put my authority on your feet, now I go before you. Now before you even get there, I've already gone before you. I set my word and it's already pronounced victory. Now you just walk in it. Oh. And then lastly, he said, kill the fatted calf, stand with me all over this room. Thank you. And he said, let's shout and be merry. He said, it's time to party. Look at, this, next to you, look at your neighbor next to you and say, we're about to have an identity party. We're we, we, we about to have a celebration of you coming back to you. I don't know who this is in this room, but I don't know what life has dealt with you or how you've been through and what you've been through in life. And maybe life has taken you some places that left you feeling empty, broken, and less. Can I tell you, when he woke up to himself in the pig pen, he didn't say, hey, I need a bath. He didn't say, look at the mess on my life. He just said, I can't believe I'm in this junk. No. He said, I will arise and go to my father. Notice something. He didn't say anything about his condition. He said something about his position. 
Because some of us are waiting to come back to our position when we change our condition. But your condition doesn't pronounce your position. Your position determines your condition. See, some of us are waiting to get cleaned up before we come back to God. Some of us are waiting to take the shower so we're back presentable to the Father's house and show up like we just clean and fresh and stuff. And, 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 but that's not how this works. You can't get clean enough to get that position back. But I want you to know you didn't lose the position, you just left it. That means if you decide I'm going back to my position and who I am, you won't have to worry about the condition because the change in your position is about to change your condition. You don't have to worry about a shower, honey. There's plenty of warm water in the Father's house. You don't have to worry about your hunger because even the servants have better than you've been operating in. And he's going to kill the fatted calf for you because while you got yourself in a mess, the mess that make you less of who you are. Lift your hands all over this room. I didn't even get to the older brother. Sometimes. Why are you preaching this and in, 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 in going in? It's because when you walk out, sometimes it's hard to come back in. Because I can see him on the way back to the Father's house thinking, what are they going to think about me? I can see him on the way back to the Father's house thinking, man, I'm going to look like an idiot. Saying, man, they're going to see all this mess in my life. They're gonna see. And I wanted to preach this in going in because somebody in here feels like they're shut out. Somebody here feels like you're isolated and alone and you've made some decisions or maybe you've been through some pains that made you feel like nobody has me, nobody's connected to me. I'm dealing with it all by myself and maybe even God's forsaken me. And I hear God saying, come on in the house. Come on in the house. Come on in the house. I can remember getting to my grandmother's house, my mamaw's house. And whenever we got to mamaw's house, it didn't matter where we'd been, it was like it was like that house had perpetually something on the stove. It didn't matter if you showed up at three in the morning, she'd be like, Have you eaten something? Anybody have grandmama like that? That she was waiting. Come on in this house. Come on in this. Oh, I feel it in this room. I feel God reaching out to somebody who's felt less than you are. Who's felt beat down, broken. Who's felt like you're struggling all by yourself. You've struggled long enough. You've been doing this by yourself long enough. God's not mad at you. He's not angry. 
not waiting on you at the house ready to give you a whipping. I hear it. Say, come on in this house. Grab the hand of somebody next to you, near you right now. Grab it. Lift that hand you're holding. Oh. Oh. Matter of fact, put your arm around them. Put your arm around somebody. I want them to feel the robe on them. I want them to feel God covering them again. I want them to feel God saying, no, 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 I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. I haven't left you. I've been waiting on you. I'm ready to restore it. I'm ready to heal it. I'm ready to mend it. I'm ready to bring you back into who you've been all the time. I didn't, I didn't take you out of it. You walked out of it. But now I'm ready for you to walk back in. I'm ready for you to come back to yourself, back to who you are, what I called you. Will you take my robe? You don't have to fight for yourself no more, fend for yourself no more, protect yourself no more. Survival's over. You made it back. You made it back. Thank you for tuning into today's podcast. Make sure to check back every Wednesday for a brand new episode. And while you're at it, go to limitless.faith to see how else you can get connected with Limitless Church.